no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to episode 48 of the 40 Yard Switch, uh, edging ever closer to the half century. Um, But uh, yeah, we're back at it again at an obscenely late time. (laughs) Very busy week for me and Wilbur uh, this week, so um, we we fit you guys in if we can. We're getting it done, we're getting it done. Lots lots to talk about. Uh, How are you, by the way, Wilby? Yeah, I'm going good. Going that's, good. That's good. That's How are you going? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I mean, it's, it's funny I ask you that every week, like we like we don't live together. <laughs> I know exactly how you're going. Yeah, I know exactly how you're going. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I digress. Let's jump right into the news. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way the um, news goes. <laughs> uh, so, most... Um, the, the the news with the most uh, recency, I guess, is uh, Antonio Rudiger has oh it has been announced that he will leave Chelsea at the end of the season, um, and uh, looks as Fabrizio Romano has reported earlier today, like he has a verbal agreement to now join Real Madrid. Because Tuchel confirmed that he was leaving the club, but didn't say where. Yeah, he yeah. said he was yeah. not renewing his contract and he'll leave as a free agent. Yeah, it seems like a obviously terrible for Chelsea, but I think good for him and obviously good for Real Madrid. Do you think it's a good move for him? Or I'll I'll get to that in one second. But lots of anger from uh, Chelsea fans being like. Um, Greedy this, greedy that. Not even Chelsea fans. Like, you know, I've even had other people who I talk to about football say he's just being greedy. Like, where's the you know whatever for his team or whatever. Um, thoughts on that? I think it's an absolute joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This is this is this is a guy's like you know his job. He can probably make more and have more stability at Real Madrid and. Real Madrid's a bigger football club than Chelsea as well. Yeah. Like, it's more esteem, everything. There's also people saying that Rudiger only really has been good over the last two years for, for the remainder of his, for the, his career before this. He wasn't amazing. So people are questioning if he's not like a system centre-back. Do you, do you buy into that? I do think Tuchel's helped uh, him show his best um, qualities. And I'm... Um, I I didn't honestly rate Rudiger before Tuchel came along because, um, but in a back three he works very well. Real Madrid True. don't play a back three, but I also do think like you're a good defender if you're a good defender, and he's made plenty of plays over the past two seasons that have been like yeah you're a good defender. Yeah, I th- I think yeah there's, there's definitely weight to the fact that he was not as good before Tuchel came along, but whether that means. He can't be good in a back four anymore. I'm I'm not sure. Um, and to answer your question before, I do think it's a great move for him. Yeah. Um, I think for him, it's a good move. The, the jury is somewhat out on whether or not it's a good move for Real Madrid because, like I said, he's un, he's not played in the back four for almost two yeah two seasons now. It will be by the time he joins um, 
Real Madrid. So, and like I said, he wasn't anywhere nearly as prolific as a centre-back before Tuchel came along. Uh, but I do think it, it also might have just coincided with him hitting his prime at the right time. And it could have been a, a good concoction of factors. Do you, do you know how old he is? I think he's... I want to say between the ages of 28 and 30. So he's still got plenty of yeah. football left. I think I think there's definitely... I th- like I reckon he is hitting his prime sort of thing. And, you know, maybe he wasn't good in a, in a back four. Or maybe he just wasn't quite as good before Tuchel came along and he's learned a lot from a good manager. I and think... And he's going on to the I next I think sort of he, thing. regardless of back three or back four, he definitely is better than one, if not both, of the starting centre-backs for Real Madrid right now. That being said, don't watch a lot of Real Madrid. But, you know, they're not... Like, I've watched some of their games recently, highlights of their game against Sevilla, where they came back from 2-0 down, the Chelsea second leg, where they were pretty leaky, and just generally. Um, I think that Rudiger improves that defence. Like, I don't... like like As good as Nacho, Eda Militao, and whoever the third guy is, I don't even... I think Ronaldo Arrugia. No, he plays with Barcelona. See, I don't really know. But those two, Eda Militao and... Nacho, I think he's better than both of those guys. Uh, I know Edda Militao is quite young, so may yet be better than him. But at the moment, Rudiger's better. Yeah. So I think he improves that Real Madrid backline for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, I think the key thing for him is stability, which links on to my next point. Is this sort of the first of a few hits to the Chelsea squad that they'll come that will happen from the sanctions and did sort of uh, Rudiger smell this, you know? What's the phrase? Smell the rain coming or something? I don't know. Smell uh, the rain. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, you yeah. can sort of sense yeah, something was sense, brewing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you talk about job stability. He knows, all right, I can go to Real Madrid, sunny Spain, win the league, or at least be tight pre- like challenging for the league every year, in the Champions League every year. Chelsea, while they're doing well right now, how long are these sanctions going to go on for? You know, What's my team going to look like? Yeah, I don't think I. I personally don't think too many Chelsea players will be will be thinking like that. Like, I think Chelsea is not going to be in financial trouble for a very long time. But I just think, you know, at at this point in time, Real Madrid come knocking, and most Chelsea players are going to say yeah. yes. To be honest, because it's just you know it's just an easier remit essentially playing in La Liga, playing in the Champions League every year. But yeah, I mean, I mean, st- the ownership's still up in the air, so there's a little bit of and they and the sanctions are still on; they can't buy anyone. Yeah, so there's a little bit of uncertainty for sure, which probably comes into the into the equation when you're making that decision. But I think the bigger factor is the chance to play at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. If you had to list a couple other players that you think may have this, a similar mindset of mm, I don't know if we're gonna if these sanctions are gonna clear in time before the trend the summer transfer window closes. Who knows what squad we're gonna have next year? Who or if we're gonna be able to be, be able to improve on what we have right now? And the squad they have right now isn't enough to challenge City or Liverpool. What are some names that would creep out to you as potential guys who might want to jump ship? I'll start. I'll give you one first just to sort of get the ball rolling. Christian Pulisic. I don't think he has any loyalty to Chelsea. Yeah. He does strike me as a sort of guy that, um, yeah, is just going to go where... And, yeah, I mean, you can't really blame him for that either. No. But, yeah, I definitely see Pulisic being one that would jump ship. 
I think the big one that sticks out to me is not necessarily player, but Thomas Tuchel. Yeah. If you if you're like a top top manager who has come in, won the Champions League straight away, and has done pretty well under the sanctions and done decent in his second season, full season, and you're not going to be backed in the transfer market fully. Like it's a bit of a risk to stay there. You know, he's gone. You know, from strength to strength in his career, essentially, and it would be kind of going back like all the best managers say you need full financial backing if you're going to be competing at the top of the Premier League so where would he go though that's a good question that's a good question I, I mean I was I was I mean there was obviously the rumours about United that's not going to happen anymore would he potentially go back to Dortmund <laughs> Well, I, I suppose that doesn't really align with my theory either. But, yeah. Apparently, I mean, yeah. Apparently, PSG are looking to move on. From yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. But apparently, Conte is the first in line for... But would he leave Spurs if they, if they make Champions League football? Probably. I think he would. <laughs> yeah. We talk about loyalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, another name that... Uh, not necessarily, like... It would more jumps out to me just because his contract's running down. Andreas Christensen, he's yeah. out of contract at the end of the year. Um, like while he's not, you know, a superstar at Chelsea, he's a solid defender. He probably have plenty of suitors elsewhere. I can see him moving. Yeah. And uh, Jorginho is another one. I think. Where, where, where would you see him going? Back Somewhere to, in, back to Italy. Yeah. 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 Easily. Because he'd take the Mickey in the Italian. Like. Yeah, and like he's been like he's been nowhere near as effective this season as he was last season. He's been I don't want to say found out, but definitely teams have sort of figured out how to play against him, and he hasn't really even been starting every game for Chelsea. Plus, he's missed like he's like people have figured out his penalty thing. So yeah, I was just going to say honorable mention to the. Yeah. Um, to Fabianski picking his penalty return. Yeah, well, that's, like, he's missed two in Italy World Cup qualifying. He missed one in the he missed one in the Euros. So I think he's having a tougher, much tougher time of it this season. And I think he could easily, if if someone comes knocking, go back. Yeah, for sure. Maybe someone like Marcus Alonso. I feel like maybe his time's just coming up yeah. at Chelsea as well. Maybe it's less got to do with the stability of the club. Well, especially if Ben Ben Chilwell stays fit next year. Ne- ne- next year, like he's got. Like Marcus Alonso, he's already been found out to be like not the best defender at the Premier League level anyway. So, about Reese James, I saw. I feel like he's been linked with other clubs recently. Really, I think. Just because, just I think just because he's been so injury prone, he's like he's probably gonna be like, nah, I need to just like have a full, you know, half a season or season under my belt before I start looking elsewhere. I mean, if that's what I would do if I was sensible, but then who knows if Reese James is sensible? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, on on the same topic, there is an uh, an article came out recently. I'm not sure if you saw this, Wilbur, about the uh, government. To, this is from BBC Sport. Um, government to introduce independent football regulator in England after a, a, a backing a fan led review. The government says it will establish an independent regulator in football after endorsing recommendations made in the fan-led review into the men's game. The regulator will have power to sanction clubs in English football who break financial and other rules. The Premier League said it recognizes and accepts the case for reform, uh, but that a regulator is not necessary. A new owner's test will be introduced and legislation will give fans more say in the running of the game. It comes after the review made 10 recommendations to government on how to improve football governance last year. So, 
like obviously this isn't going to impact teams like City and Newcastle and all that who are already bought out. But in terms of future buyouts, it may mean that you know fans have a bit more of a say of who comes in and buy their club. Ultimately, like not a massive change, but a step in the right direction. I feel like. Yeah. <clears throat> it'd be it'd be interesting to see how much how much power it actually ends up having when a wealthy wealthy owner comes or potential owner comes and, and wants to buy a football club again because I mean yeah the, the government essentially stands to, to benefit from these takeovers and yeah is is it just sort of like a advisory body is it like pretty toothless or um, is it like well, if I continue to read it says uh, the review was chaired by former sports minister Tracy Crouch following a number of high profile crises in the sport such as the failed european super league and the collapse of uh bury fc crouch called the government's endorsement of the review an enormous step forward but also said uh, that an unclear time frame for making the changes was worrying no direct timeline for implementing the changes has been announced but the government said a white paper policy uh, said a white paper policy documents which set out proposals for future laws in detail will be polished published in the summer the new regulator will be backed by laws which allow it to hand out punishments and have financial oversight over clubs, meaning it can investigate and gather information. It will also apply the new enhanced, in quotation marks, owners and directors test, which will uh, replace the current test carried out by the Premier League Football League, the Premier League Football League and Football Association. Uh, this follows Roman Abramovich's ongoing sale of Chelsea amid government sanctions and a Saudi Arabian-backed takeover of Newcastle United in October 2021, among others. Both ownerships were criticised by Amnesty International UK. Yeah, I think um, it d- definitely sounds like a step in the right direction, but it, it, it just depends how many actual powers... It ha- like, you know, the power to investigate, sure, you can do a test on new owners, but... D- does it sort of have the yeah, actual and, and what sort of punishments can they hand out you know what yeah. I mean? yeah what what are the sanctions that they can actually and i agree with what that uh person said about how it's worrying that there's been no actual timeline for this to be implemented it's just sort of been suggested yeah yeah well not even not suggested it's going to happen but like who knows when yeah but i thought it was interesting anyway it's good it's good that they're doing that for sure yeah. especially because yes yeah, obviously I mean, in in terms of the the European Super League, like it's gone away, you know, in, in quotation marks. Yeah. Like it, it'll be back, um, and if yeah, hope, hopefully there's something in place that has some actual teeth that that can stop Premier League or any English clubs joining that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, well, as mentioned in that uh, little article I just read, one of the clubs mentioned was Newcastle and their recently Saudi-backed owners. And uh, they have uh, made quite the turnaround in the Premier League season. Uh, uh, from 20th in week 14 to 9th now at the end of week 34. Uh, in a matter of months, they've flipped the season on its head. Yeah, it was pretty incredible, really. It's it's just wild how little they've changed the squad and like how much the fortune, fortunes have changed. And obviously, a lot what of credit that? goes to... Stat, you told me off air about... The first fourteen games, they didn't. They yeah, didn't. so no, no Premier League club has ever lost or failed to win the first fourteen games, and then avoided relegation. Damn, and, 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 not, and Newcastle lost their first. Four, I mean, failed win. to win their first fourteen. And they're not only avoiding relegation; they're going to finish probably in the top half of the table. Yeah, yeah, which is just ridiculous. Really. Yeah, and like you said, like transfers for sure. They signed five players, but like. 
no one huge, and the the bulk of the squad is still roughly the same. Like you, they signed fullbacks at either side, a centre back, a centre midfielder, and a striker. Yeah, and exactly like. Matt Target has probably been the bigger impact over Kieran, Kieran Trippier has not been in the side he's, for a long he's time. He's been injured, yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, Bruno Gumarais, as good as he's been since he's come in, he hasn't actually featured that much for Newcastle yet. Yeah. Um Dan, it, it, Dan Byrne has probably been the signing of that. Yeah. Of that and window. Chris Wood like has played every game but has only scored two or three goals. Yeah. 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 I mean Bruno Gumarais is now showing to be class, but like it took him four or five games or even maybe more than that to even start starting for Newcastle. Yeah. Um, and John Joe Shelby's still playing week in, week out. Joel, um, Joel Linton has been transformed. And I risk, like, yes, this comes down to the transfers made by the owners uh, and the players brought in. But like, it also, I think the bulk of this has to come down to the manager. Yeah. Like, Eddie Howe is just, like, he's he's proven what we said would happen. If you give him... The bones of a good team and financial backing, he will win you games. Yeah, and he has. Yeah, it's just crazy. I think yeah, the, the, the other ones are like if you look at the table since since the start of the year, Newcastle are they top? The t- table since January first, they're second behind only Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, it's just wild and of potentially a sign of things to come next year when they strengthen strengthen even further. Probably you probably see like a new striker in particular. But yeah, what he's done is just like incredible, really. Yeah. And it's crazy. Oh, we did call it. <laughs> we called it. We did we call it. it. And it's great seeing like a good young English manager doing so well yeah. as well. Like he is, he looks to be world class and yeah, yeah. he's and obviously going to continue to get backed as well. From what you just said about like, they look like he could be very threatening uh, next season. John Joe Shelby just came out and said, Newcastle in the next few years are going to be big, like Man City, PSG big. Um, my ne- my question I have down in my notes is how far can they go? Uh, how far can they go? It's <laughs> <laughs> a joke Mobile made off air before. Very nice. Um, but yeah, uh, really, like yeah, like the, is is the sky the limit for this team? Are we talking Premier Leagues in a couple of years? Are we talking Champions League football? I think I think something that Newcastle have got over a lot of these. Well, I suppose you compare it to to Man City and Chelsea getting taken over. Chelsea obviously had a rich history as a club, but they weren't really like it wasn't as decorated as Newcastle's past, really. No. And Man City were a completely dead club before they got taken over. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, as soon as they've been taken over, they've got a bit of money, and there's that hope to it. People like players are also interested in going there because of the history of the club. The legends that have played there, the movies the that have been made about it. Yeah, no, yeah, literally, literally. Um, so yeah, I, I, th- I think that's definitely aided their cause. And they have like the fifth, maybe not fifth, but like up there with one of the biggest stadiums in in England as well. Yeah, and that's and, that's even without any extensions or new stadiums. It's been that big for years. Yeah, and that, that's something we've touched on in the past as well. When Newcastle are playing well at St James's, it's like a fuck yeah, like. Eddie Had doesn't compare to that. No. But I suppose to your question, uh, like in the next year or five year plan. What are we thinking? I reckon that in the in Eddie Howe's five year plan, they're they're pushing for the league title. And do you reckon how many year, five years? How many years do you reckon before they're making they're pushing Champions League? 
I reckon probably a couple more seasons, I reckon. I reckon not next season, the season after, that's when they're going to... They'll be in the Champions they'll, League. They'll, like, the end of the 2023-24 season is when they'll hope to finish in the top four. Yeah. Because, yeah, they've still got... You know, he's turned the squad around and they've got a good feeling, but it's it's half a season of, of a good feeling as yeah. well. It's harder to do it over... Um, like the table isn't since January first, yeah. So, yeah. But um, so yeah, I think they'll need more signings and a, a bit more squad depth as well. So yeah, I, I reckon. Yeah. Two, to, two and to be fair, sounds. this is a lot of takes over you know two, two and a half, three months of progress. Yeah. But like, I feel like it's a bit longer than new manager bounce now. Yeah. Um, and there's clear foundation there, and there's clear financial backing there, and it's also just not. It's not just. The signings that have come in, like like we like we touched on before, like he's he's transformed certain players like Joel Linton. He's moved him into centre mid, and he's been killing it there. Yeah. Um. He's uh, uh he's taken yeah, like Jamal Lascelles isn't even playing right now. He was their captain, and he's 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 turned uh, Fabian Shah and Dan Byrne as, as into the starting centre backs there. Um. And yeah. And. He's found a perfect way to balance the talent of uh, Almiron and uh, Fraser and St. Maximin around Chris Wood. Um, but I do think Chris Chris Wood is a, is a stopgap striker or slash an off-the-bench impact striker when they need a goal yeah. type of thing next season. I, I do think they, look, they want a more dynamic guy moving forward. For sure. I, I think after the summer transfer window, he will be... You know, a second tier striker for Newcastle for yeah. sure, or like a two up top option if you. Because that's the thing. I think Eddie Howe has got so much more in his tactical locker that he hasn't shown us yet. Because he's, he's 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 played what he has with the um, squad that he's like had available to him so far. Yeah. But I also think that he. Um, sorry, what was I going to say? I also think that like yeah, as the seasons go on and he gets more talent and more players into his system he'll change that system we're talking two up top we're talking different formations you know back threes back fours like yeah yeah there's there's definitely much more that Eddie Eddie Howe can do and um <laughs> just I just joked <laughs> yeah we, did, we just we, did, we, did, we just had been our housemate walk through the, we, we, we're recording in the, in the lounge room for, for once just because you know everyone's gone to bed <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i think yeah on 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 our sort of predictions for what what they can do over the next yeah like five years i think there's still a lot of work to do to get that consistency over the full length of of the season yeah like they, they're gonna need to make a lot more signings to perform at that level um so yeah and like i reckon it, two to three years is yeah. champions league football for sure and it's weird because, like, on one hand, I don't want them to do well because of, like, the Saudi backing and all of that. But on the other hand, there's, like, some, like, subconscious part of me that, like, just loves seeing them do well. I think I think there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of people feel that way. I definitely feel that way. Yeah, like, I, 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 I want to dislike a team that's run by the people that are they're owned by. But at the same time, like, the part of me that watched goal growing up is, like, yeah. leaping whenever they, <laughs> whenever they win a game. Yeah, yeah. There's just yeah. There's also I feel like that spills out into like this just such a good feeling around the club. Yeah. Like all the players, 
coming out saying I want to stay here for a long time I want to make this club great yeah, Bruno again Bruno Guimaraes saying this is my home now like, yeah it's crazy after like two months <laughs> I feel like yeah Alan say Maximan's probably always been saying that but you know he's yeah. been in the media saying something similar recently like yeah Joel Linton looks extremely happy John Joe Shelby came out saying it yeah. everyone just really wants to be there and wants to make the club good so so from positive vibes to not so positive vibes we move on to the relegation battle <laughs> Uh, positive vibes for Burnley at the moment uh, as they've uh, proved us wrong and completely bounced from shacking Sean Dyche. Ben Mee is at the wheel, so they say. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I'm not sure if he was injured, but he was like he was in the dugout for one, of, for one of their games. He played one of their games and then he was in the dugout for the next game. So is he just like stopped playing and he's going to manage now? <laughs> Burnley are just masters of pulling out results and not spending any money. Yeah. So... <laughs> And uh, yes, with um, Everton's loss in the Merseyside derby a few days ago, they are now dropped. They've now dropped into the relegation zone. And I have to say, and I said to this to Wilbur for the um, off air, this is I've said it in multiple episodes. I didn't think Everton were going to go down the whole time. For the first time this season, I will now say I am legitimately worried for Everton. Yeah, I think I think the general feeling is now that it's going to be very very hard to stay up. Yeah. Now. Uh, after that result if you we're looking at the at the fixtures to come before like Leeds have got a hard run very hard run but they have the five point buffer on you yeah um Burnley they the run that they have in front of them is not that hardest but they're they're these they're playing against these teams that are like you know mid table around you know 10th to 15th and they don't have much to play for at the moment, yeah. like Wolves, Brighton, all that stuff. And teams that are also in bad form in that in that group as well, like Aston Villa, they play twice. Yeah, and they're just not... Th- those teams at the moment are just not showing up and it's playing perfectly into Burnley's hands. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. I'm really worried. I think... Yeah, I, I, I saw this, this comparison of... Liverpool and Everton spending since oh summer I saw that too that was damning that was that was like oh god Everton have spent six hundred and thirty nine million pounds and Liverpool have spent five hundred and sixty nine million pounds since twenty sixteen or something since summer twenty sixteen that's ridiculous yeah that it's is just crazy like ridiculous mismanagement since to the extreme Liverpool have made seven. Uh, to our three forty million uh, plus signings, and we've made twenty to their twelve twenty plus million dollar signings, twenty million pound um, signings. So, so yeah. a lot of like mid tier players who've just not turned out. Yeah, you're talking like I mean as good as as much as he's played decently over the past few months. You're talking like Alex Awobis, Theo Walcotts, yeah, um, and the like. And it's it's just absolutely horrendous management and. Yeah, there's not much else to say. It's just bad managerial appointments after bad managerial appointments, and they've all had. And then the one manager, the one good managerial appointment you made, he left after a season. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's just it is it is is wild to think that Carlo was there last season and we were top of the league. Yeah, (laughs) and also it's wild to think that like he was the manager last season at Everton, and he's now about to win La Liga and the Champions League semi-finals with Real Madrid. Yeah. In less than a year later. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we signed Hammers Rodriguez. That oh, was yeah. that was all fine and dandy. Anyway. Yeah. 
Anyway. But yes, uh, the outlook is, is bleak, but stranger things have happened in the Premier League and uh, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. So it will be very interesting to see how it goes. Um, I'm not going to say... Who, I'm not, I, I'm, I've done making predictions about who I think is going to get relegated. I'm sure there's an episode a while back that like where I say it. I think I said Watford, Norwich, Burnley. But um, at this point, it's too hard to predict. I think Everton are going to get relegated. Going to go down? Yeah. You've heard I, it I, from the, the toppy's <laughs> mouth first. <laughs> I really do think... You know, we've been our strongest at home and the home games are the harder ones. Um, you know, Chelsea first up this this game week. It's just going to be very, very difficult and I'm pretty resigned to it at this point. But you're watching a bit more championship next season. so Yeah, that's what I'm positive. The championship will be very fun to watch uh, if, if, that, if it does happen. Uh, now, lastly, as we try and keep this to a nice short one, um, the, the, we, we gave a couple Champions League sort of semi-predictions last week but I did a little fun thing in preparing for this episode and I made a combined 11 of the four teams in the Champions League semi-finals um, and the rule I set myself was uh, I had to use at least two players from each of the four teams Villarreal, Real Madrid, Manchester City and Liverpool um, so I've just shown it to Wilbur here I'm going to get his thoughts on it I'll read it out for those of you who are obviously listening uh, Courtois in goal, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back, Van Dijk at, and uh, Pau Torres at centre back, Cancelo at left back, uh, Fabinho, De Bruyne and Modric in the midfield, Dan Juma, uh, Benzema and Salah up top. Thoughts? I think yeah. Thoughts? I mean, I mean, I mean the, the the first thing I was looking at were the with the Villarreal choices. I think Pau Torres is obviously the first one that you'd pick. And then, I don't know. You, you, you're thinking about probably Moreno is probably the second best player, but he, was, he but he can't displace Benzema. Yeah, I was thinking because like after Benzema was the pretty much the first name on the sheet. Um, yeah. I was thinking yeah, Dan Juma. I was also thinking Etienne Capu or Danny Parejo, but like realistically, you'd like like. And I was also tossing up between Fabinho, Thiago, or Casemiro for that six role. Wait, Fabinho, Casemiro, and Thiago. Thiago. Um, yeah. I think De Bruyne and Modric picked themselves. Um, but yeah, yeah. Look, it's 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 hard to. Anything you change if you were doing it? It, it it's always weird with the with these teams. Like, obviously, if if you actually want to go out and play, um, that you know, if you're actually fielding an eleven, yeah, yeah, you probably want Fabinho in there yeah. because he's the Venice, but like the, the CDM. But yeah. on form right now, you like Thiago is probably a little bit a little bit better at the moment. Yeah, but it's hard because they're playing in different different positions, so it's very hard to yeah. compare them. Would you pick There's, any different VRL players? Nah, I I I think I think you're right because it's. You know, you, you you could have some other players, but I feel like maybe out in the in in Dan Juma's position, the the difference in quality is less than say playing, you know, comparing uh, Etienne Capu to any of the midfielders. Yeah, 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 that's what I was thinking. I was like, Dan Juma isn't as good as a Mane or a Foden, or, or I mean, that's up to debate for for the Foden. He's pretty good, but he's not as good as a Mane. Probably not as good as a Vinicius Junior. He's not as good as uh, Luis Diaz. But you know, 
he's closer to those guys than Danny Parejo is to Modric or Etienne Capu is to De Bruyne. Yeah. Is wait, so you've already got to Real Madrid. I I'd say maybe Ali over Courtois. Ali, yeah. I I thought about that to be fair. Uh but then I was gonna like I was like, I've got one, two, three, four Liverpool players already. <laughs> like various. But you know, but you've still filled the uh, yeah, the remit. To be fair, I could like I could put, probably put like Laporte in for Van Dijk or something. I don't know, but I feel like Van Dijk. Yeah, you wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> Laporte, Laporte doesn't. Yeah, I, like Van, Van probably like the, the the three absolute locks for me in this team were Benzema, um, Mod, uh, Van Dijk, and uh, Trent. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Trent. Yeah, Modric was close, there, yeah. but like you could probably sub him out for like a Bernardo Silva or. Like a Tiago or something like that, but you could, but, but he's better he's, than he's both. Be, of them, yeah, he yeah. deserves to be in there for sure. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like, hypothetically, but like yeah. I don't reckon there's any right back. Like a Danny Carvajal doesn't touch doesn't touch Trent. Kyle Walker maybe, but like Trent is a better fullback. Um, and then yeah, Villarreal. Let's, let's hope Josh is on the scene. And then yeah, well, Villarreal is right back. One fourth is not. Um, as good <laughs> yeah no no he's not yeah I, I I would say that I rate Allison higher than Courtois at the moment yeah. I, I feel like it's, then it is very heavily geared towards yeah them. but I, I feel like they're close enough where when you've already got <laughs> uh, what's that four Liverpool players in the team you can give it to Courtois I feel like there's not much of a drop off in quality between Courtois and Allison. yeah yeah is how far off Fabinho is Casemiro. I think they're pretty close too. I was yeah. like splitting hairs there because apparently Casemiro starts for Brazil. Yeah, I think it, I think yeah, it could be our Premier League bias kicking out a little bit there. A little bit. That Fabinho is better. Um, but like, I don't know. I haven't seen Casemiro play that. Often. Yeah, to be fair, Actually. I haven't seen Casemiro play that much either. I, it's probably a little bit of Premier League bias, but I can only go off what I watch. I'm not going to put Casemiro in there because apparently people say he's good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I also just love Fabinho. Yeah, I think oh, I, 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 maybe if I watch Casemiro more, I think differently. But I think I think Fabinho is the best centre defensive midfielder in the world. Like that, that's probably a little bit of a hot take, but I don't think it's that hot a take. Um, so I think he's definitely he's definitely up there. Yeah, but yeah, our Premier League bias probably pushes pushes that take I mean, a little bit. It's but but also like. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few days in the in the semi-finals and stuff. Oh, the next two weeks, sorry. But um, you know, Liverpool and Liverpool and Chelsea, or oh, sorry, two two Premier League teams have won the have won the Champions League since Real Madrid last won it. So, hmm. and Liverpool have won it more more recently than Real Madrid have. So. Yeah. On paper, I would say that Liverpool team at the moment is better. Ah, uh, yeah. Than the Real Madrid team. Yeah. It's interesting that I've only picked two City players, to be honest, because on paper, I'd, I'd say that their team is as good as Liverpool's. Like, they're the two best teams in the world. But, I don't know. It's just like... City are one of those teams, like, like the same thing in the Premier League. They don't have any goal scorers that are, like, right at the top because they exactly. show it around so much. Yeah. I was going to say, their squad is so good that they don't need, you know, a Mo Salah or a Karim Benzema. Yeah. Like, they... I mean, they, they've got a De Bruyne, but... Yeah. Yeah, they're they're less about the big names, I suppose. Yeah, and more about just having a really good all-over squad, all-round squad. 
So yeah, um, before we sign off, let's just recap. Uh, who do you think is going to win the first leg uh, for the next over the next two days? I'm worried I'm going to go against. <laughs> I can't remember what I said hey, last time. <laughs> hey, let's just hope that no one remembers. Go again, refresh. Clean I start. yeah, I think maybe I said this. I want Real Madrid to win. Yeah. Um, at the Etihad especially, and Liverpool will beat Villarreal. Um, can I press you for a score? Two one to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. That's a very bold one. That's a bold pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is bold. The seat of the pants kind seems of call. If, <laughs> seems, seems if you're right there. Uh, and I would say that at Anfield, um, Liverpool will win. I think Villarreal will score. Yeah. So maybe let's say two one as well. I'm gonna go Liverpool three one, and I'm gonna go uh, a two. A one all, one all draw for yeah, the. I some reason, every time I say there's going to be more goals in a the game, there's always less. So I'm going to try and learn from my mistakes and say one all in the City Real Madrid game. Well, because you do think that there will be goals. Yeah, my, my my instinct is saying it's going to be like two all or more, but I'm going to go one all just just because you know my instincts haven't been great. <laughs> I think one all is fair. I think City are going to be nervy. Yeah. Like, cause this they they want it so bad, and Real Madrid, Real Madrid just have that pedigree. Yeah, that. I think Benzema scores a goal just because why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think De Bruyne scores a goal. Yeah, yeah, both high probabilities. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's in these big games that the big game players step up. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, That's why they're big game players. That's exactly right. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the name. Uh, but yeah, that'll do us for another week. Um, but by the time this goes up, the City uh, Man City Real Madrid game will have just finished because I'm hoping to post this in, uh, early tomorrow morning. But um, I guess you'll see if we were right or not. Uh, and uh, yeah, tune in next week when we have some more stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's late. My, our brains are a bit frazzled. Um, as always, uh, follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and what have you and follow us on uh, the Instagram 40rtwitch.pod uh, if you've made it this far you know um, and yeah uh, we'll see you next week <laughs>